Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to this week's episode of Slap Between Pages with Ben and Amanda. <laughs> so Look, I'm liking that you actually brought a bit of energy to this week's intro. I, I didn't forget my name this week. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> what have we been up to? Well, I have been obsessed over a couple of things. But one, that new show Euphoria on Netflix. Yeah. Now. Is it on Netflix? No, it's on Fox, right? Oh, sorry. Fox, yes. And look, I mean, I, I just thought it was going to be this high school drama. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is very dramatic, but I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Look, you've sent me some of the scenes from it and There's a lot I can dick. agree. Yeah, there is a lot, um, like, which, which is refreshing to be honest, because yeah. normally the nudity is very one-sided in any type of show. It's always women and very rarely men. Yeah, there is a lot. Like there are some, you know, uh, there are some boobs and stuff, but nowhere near as much as the dick. Like, <laughs> so I've been watching it with Chris and he was quite confronted with one particular scene. Yep. Uh, where there's they're in like a locker room and, everyone's got their dicks out like just jumping around and stuff yep and he was like what are you making us watch i'm like i don't know i've seen it everywhere and now but now we're addicted to it so yeah addicted honestly um so we've had a pretty big week actually because yeah so we have actually recorded three episodes this week um we recorded with heather long and blake blessing about the cardinal sin series which will be a special episode coming soon we recorded with cr jane which is the episode that we're talking about today Mm -hmm. um about ruining dahlia from the mafia war series and we recorded with our friends hallie and taylor who host a podcast called let's talk about smart Mm -hmm. so they were all extremely fun so we recorded those three episodes we had an extremely busy week at work so wednesday saw us driving for six hours together in a car we oh, left no, home. I thought we were going to die. Yeah, we left home at about 7.30 in the morning and we got back to our homes at 10 o'clock that night. So this is for our other job. So that was an extremely long, busy day as well. And then in between all of that, we launched another brand. So we launched our Romance Cartel brand, which we told you guys about last week, um, and our very first book box. Mm-hmm. So it's been a busy full-on week it has. and it's only sunday i mean it's not even God. sunday yet i'm so exhausted i know it was it was a lot this week um we have worked our absolute butts off to get everything out and coordinate everything but it'll be worth it um because the episodes that we have for you guys i think you're gonna love mm-hmm. and in addition to that um we're really excited about the book boxes too. So if you haven't checked it out, www.romancecartel.com, you can go over there now and have a look at 
the uh, book box that's on there for B page and uh, they are available internationally. So yeah, head over and, and have a look at it. Mm-hmm. We do have pre-orders at the moment. So pre-orders will be open until the 31st of March so that you still have a bit of time to get your order in and then they'll be shipped I would think probably mid to late April, I think, by the time we get it. Yeah, so when we get all the stock in and everything like that. But essentially, as soon as we get it, we'll be getting it out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that's been our week. It's been quite interesting. Uh, We, As I said, we did spend six hours in the car. You would have seen a lot of um, social posts from us then. And because of all the flooding that's happened around here, uh, a lot of the roads were closed. So we had to take alternate uh, routes and um on the way back because it was so late at night it was pitch black we were driving through the middle of the bush in these dingy back roads that were like just wide enough essentially to fit one car on but they were two-way and look just for some clarification i am terrified of the dark yeah and i'm i'm not but I must admit, even <laughs> so I was freaking out um, because there was one point, like, so you're in the bush, there is no, there is no ambient light. Like there's light coming, no, the only light is your headlights. There wasn't even any moonlight. Um, and there was in the middle of this, because even on the back roads, the roads had been, still been affected by flooding. So um, we came up to this stop point in the middle of the bush where there were, there was like a temporary traffic light put up that they closed off half of the road and they were letting one side go. There was nobody manning the traffic light. They were just, you know, they were triggered um, by movement or whatever. And there was, it was pitch black. There was a random car in front of us that we drove up behind and we were stopped. And I was, and it was, you could not see a thing outside of the window. I was, terrified that somebody was just going to bang on the window like i definitely thought we were going to get murdered at that point yep uh we didn't which is good because you know we can now bring you this quality quality content (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and yeah we got home safely so bonus (laughs) bonus um but yeah all right let's get into the episode um we did chat with cr jane she is super lovely and if you haven't already read Ruining Dahlia, you need to get into it because uh, we freaking loved it. Mm. So let's get over to her. Friends, welcome to this week's episode. We are very excited to talk to CR Jane about Ruining Dahlia. Welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are obsessed with this whole Mafia Wars concept. But obviously, our most recent read from that series is Ruining Dahlia, and we absolutely devoured it. Oh, I binged it hard. (laughs) Like, and and I was finding, like, I was not in a reading slump, but I was just finding, like, I don't know, I I was taking a bit of time to read some recent books, and then I got this, and it just got me back into (laughs) straight in. She's like, I'm I'm obsessed with the review. I binged it hard. I like it. I will. (laughs) Yes, we'll put it in our review. We haven't put our review up, so we'll put it in our review for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the whole concept of the Mafia Wars series is that you've joined together with other authors. So we've got Ivy Fox, Loxley Savage, K.A. Knight, Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti and Rebecca Royce. And there are six books in total over the series which were released kind of 
on a fortnightly basis, was it? They were two, every two weeks they were coming out. Yeah. And um, it's six mafia families who were all at war with each other. They've come together and they've made like an agreement whereby each of the families has a daughter and what they all picked a name out of the hat and that daughter has been essentially betrothed to one of the other families when they become of age um, or when the youngest daughter becomes of age. They all go off to get married in these arranged marriages to create peace amongst all these mafia families. How did this concept and this collaboration come about? So it was all Loxley. She came up with the idea and I think she brought Ivy and Katie Knight in first or K.A. Knight. Um, And then Ivy, Ivy and I had just finished the Breathe Me duet Yep. Um, and so she was like, do you want in on this? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love mafia and I want to write it really bad. And so, and then, um, I brought in Rebecca and then we all brought in Caroline and Suzanne. So it was just super that's, fun that's- like that. I mean, I guess it's been over a year that we had been planning for these books. So feels like they're like family members at this point (laughs) (laughs) I love it um and actually again I get a bit excited and jump ahead but just a little (laughs) bit about you you are a USAT and international best-selling author and you specialize in heartbreak and happy endings which I mean I think we got a bit of uh, well a lot of that in uh this (laughs) book um (laughs) Yeah, I definitely felt like I was on a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like angst. Like I, and it's funny because I write so much angst that I have to read, read like fluffy books in between. Mm. Like one of my favorite series is the cricket series by Willow Hadley, because I'll just like binge that in between because it's so light, but I just love emotionally torturing people. Yeah. And it's getting worse. Like it's, it's getting worse. My (laughs) My next solo release is coming out in August and it's like this Omega verse mafia book. And it is so angsty guys. Like <laughs> I'm like, what broke I'm trying to torture people. <laughs> Look, as a, as a reader, I love to be emotionally tortured. That's like my favorite. And I say this to people all the time, like, you know, the, the more torturous, the better for me. I like to be heartbroken <laughs> and crushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're a big fan of Ravenhood is what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a bit of a masochist probably. But. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this one is a dark romance, reverse harem, and obviously a mafia romance. How, how did you guys determine who wrote about which family? Did you put it all in a hat and pick it out like they did at the meeting with all the families? <laughs> So we picked, no, it wasn't like that. It was, well, first we kind of did the, sorry, I have like my text messages going off. Um, we picked our, our like covers almost first. We, the flowers were, we knew we wanted a symbol cover. We knew we were going to do flowers. And, um, so it kind of went from there, right? Like you picked your color and you picked your flower and then you picked like names after that. Right. Um, so, Dahlia's last name I am pretty sure that Caroline and Suzanne came up with that because they wrote the brothers right so I was like oh that sounds great um and then I picked Rossi and 
so I, it kind of just started from that, right? And I picked the Dahlia flower because I feel like in literature and pop culture, like the Dahlia just, you know, you have the black Dahlia. It's just, I, I just feel like there's a lot of dimensions to like the story of that flower, like in society. And so I was really excited about that. And pink is my favorite color. So then I went with pink. So <laughs> there we go. It's very simple. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love I love dahlias. I have a whole garden of them. And you, I love that you you wrote in there that it um you never know what you're going to get when you plant them because you don't. And I like mm-hmm. one time they're pink, sometimes they're white, sometimes they're yellow. I just don't know what's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I did research and there's all these articles, you know, that it was like you never knew what you got and you know, they'd plant what they thought were like black seeds and it would come up white, you know? So I thought that was very symbolic of my Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, as you say, we are talking about Dahlia and she comes from the family that Caroline and Suzanne are writing about, well, have written about. Um, and she was picked out by the Cosa Nostra Ross, Rossi Marfite. I could not get that out (laughs) and Lucian is the person that she's going to get married to so he is the heir to the mafia Um, but Carla was still alive he's the father so he's not um, kind of running things anymore but he's there as the figurehead of the mafia so after we start out meeting Dahlia and her very dark horrible past that she has with her Mm -hmm. uncle she's um about to get on the plane and head over to new york to meet her new husband who she can't find anything about online um so she doesn't know what he looks like she doesn't know anything about him really and she just has a happenstance meeting with a stranger in the airport um after she you know gets some coffee on her shirt and he happens to be this gorgeous smooth talking stranger and they're fighting over um you know a uh t-shirt t-shirt and um he just happens to be sitting next to her in our first class which turned out to be really convenient convenient. (laughs) and how lucky for her yeah very lucky um and so you know they have a moment and she decides she's going to take back some control in this situation because she's still a virgin and she's like i might just i'm just gonna ask yeah i mean she just comes right out with it there's no beating around the bush and he was just kind of like very taken aback like okay yes i do Um, I've been imagining it. So so that would work out really well for me. Um, And they've got like eight hours to pass. So, you know. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, And so this is the story of her and Raphael getting it on and then having like whispering sweet nothings in each other's ears for time to come. Very hot scene. (laughs) Very hot Mm. scene. Mm. Um, (laughs) But only to be dashed when she gets off the plane and she meets her husband and um, he's like, oh, this is my brother. And then Raphael's like, yeah, well, I'm his stepbrother, but whatever. And she's like, it was any of it real. And he's like, not one thing. Basically no. just used you to get back at Lucian. I was like. Straight up. I was like. This is I was hoping true. that he didn't know who she was. I was hoping that he didn't no, know. I actually love that he knew. Me. I was like, oh, yes. 
I know. I wanted it to be a twist. So I did a TikTok video. I think it was probably like two weeks or a month before the release, right? And it ended up, it has, it had almost like a million views. Unfortunately, it was like a month before, right? Um, But everyone was guessing that it was, you know, cause it, it's going down and you're reading and they're like, oh, it's the mafia boss, right? Like that's, that's the hook. Then they found out it was the brother. And then they found out that he knew who she was all along. And it like was reading through the comments. It's like hysteria in the comments, you know? So I knew I had something good because I wanted to, I wanted to be like a twist, right? Like, yeah. okay, first you're definitely going to think that it's the mafia guy. Cause that's the first thing you would think, but then you're yeah. definitely going to think it's the brother. And it's like, oh, she's just creating this like happenstance. Then it's like, oh no, like I need to make it a million times worse. Okay. <laughs> because we need to set this guy up like as the psychopath. <laughs> it was a psycho. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I liked the twist, but I did feel sorry for Dahlia because she was really trying to take back a little bit of control and she was in the shittest position. Like she's literally just being barred off. Like, you know, go and make peace with the families. You're in this marriage. And she's like, yes, I'm going to take back this control with this hot stranger on the plane. And then he's like, yeah, no, I had the control the whole time. (laughs) I mean, I didn't feel sorry for it all. I was like, look, girl. I think she was lucky. She was lucky. Um, But yeah, so, you know, Lucian just doesn't really talk to her. Like, basically, he's completely disinterested in her eyes. In his own mind, he's like, holy shit, um, I'm really struggling right now. Uh, I need to get this chick out of my car because, like, yeah, Um, I've been obsessed with her for years. Anyway, drops her off, doesn't tell her, like, anything about it is like this is your home see ya and she's just like okay what do I do goes upstairs there's like no room for her none of her clothes are there she's just like what the actual fuck have I got myself into like I do not know what's happening right now but you know another um pretty good meeting for her uh was she meets the other brother Gabrielle in the, I just love him so much. I love him so I much. created him. I was like, I'm going to make the perfect book boyfriend. Like he's going to, you know, have a little bit of crazy in him, but he's going to be the perfect book boyfriend. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Like, this is what I want from him. He and this is fantastic. what he was oh, so beautiful. I don't normally like swoon over that type of character, but I, freaking loved him the, the, the minute you meet him and I'm like oh. I know well because you know she does meet him while he's getting a blowjob in the hallway and as she describes you know his his monster cock is just hanging out there and then she's like oh hello and also I loved her in this moment because she was so nonchalant about it as well she was like hello I'm Dahlia <laughs> nothing was happening the chick's down on her knees like um move along I'm in the middle of something here and Gabrielle's just like oh hey Dahlia how's it going like you know it's like bye-bye now bye-bye move along I found somebody else oh I know and I love that he's like OCD as well I know 
and he's just and he's obsessed with the idea of love and I just love it no I love that he just always falls in love all the time anyway something that said that what you do with your characters is take what they want the most and then destroy it and that's like how you write a book right so with Gabriel it's like here Dahlia has this perfect book boyfriend but she doesn't know it because she can't trust what he feels right so it's like she has this chance for like perfect happiness with this guy but I got to destroy it by making her have to doubt it for most of the book you know yeah and also you did take away what he wanted the most because he wanted that love and he missed out on that as well he was just kind of like but he never gave up like he was always in the background just always being there being her rock just like I'm still here this is not fake like oh I just love him so much I know and when he like spends two weeks trying to like win her over like taking her around all the places he's just my favorite boy I know I know I love him I know so yeah so we've got him and then Lucian is just like upset yeah Lucian I feel like has got a little bit of OCD as well right because he has been obsessed with her for years he's basically been stalking like all of her Pinterest boards um he knows like everything that she wants and um he at the same time he's like so broken that he just he can't yeah so she meets Amelia the the housekeeper and finally gets a little bit of kindness and um, gets, oh, gets, gets a bedroom. A cup of tea. A cup of tea and a bedroom because, you know, she was sleeping on I the researched lounge. about that cup of tea because I wanted it to be, like, right. So I was, like, Googling how to make the perfect, perfect cuppa of British tea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the types of things that would be on authors, like, Google this. There's so yeah. many random things from the perfect yeah. cup of tea to, like... You know, when Lucian cuts the guy's throat in the church, how much blood is going to come out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I actually, I was like, will it be enough to like spurt all over? Like, will this work? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And yeah, so that was jumping ahead. But yeah, obviously they pushed the wedding back because there's been all these troubles with their cargo and getting stolen um, and intercepted and also like their men kind of turning against them going missing and kind of mm. joining this other force so Lucian is trying to track that down and work out what's going on there so the wedding is pushed back by a week uh, by two weeks and then you know the wedding day comes about um Lucian has planned it all she doesn't know this we don't know we don't know it till later on either but he has planned all based off her Pinterest board. Her Pinterest board, yeah. I think it's so cute because, <laughs> like, <laughs> he really he really does love her. He just can't express it. So yeah. he's planned it all. But, you know, prior to the wedding occurring, she does have a moment um, with Raphael um, in front of the mirror. Oh, you know. smearing her with blood. But we also missed, this was my favourite part, oh. though, at the engagement party. Oh, yes. She's dancing with, um, I'm just going to call him Gaby because that's what Raphael calls him. And, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Lucian disappears. And then she walks in and she's like, oh, no, please don't stop. Keep going. 
make sure he gets the best servicing ever. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. And I then she just maintains eye contact with him yeah. the whole time. Like, I feel like that was a massive like show of her power as well. Like she was like, I'm not this little, like you keep calling me this little princess, but like. And I just imagine her standing there with the hands on her hips like. Yeah, and that I was dare, the point of that I scene. dare you to come right now. Yeah. I dare you yeah. to. That was the point of that scene is I wanted to showcase her power. But actually one of my favorite scenes is right before that where she's dancing with Lucian. And you have that moment where they're dancing and she's like, stop looking at me like that. And he's like, like what? And it's like, you're not going to break my heart every day Mm. for the rest of my life. Yes. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I did highlight that. I I I did like that. Yeah. That whole engagement party was pretty hectic. Um, (laughs) I've never written a cheating scene in a book before. And I don't actually consider it cheating because they aren't together, you know? Um, So, you know, a lot of people on TikTok are like, is, you know, I'll do like a a snapshot of it scene like, oh, is there cheating? I'm like, well, I mean, not really because they're not together, you know? I mean, people may see differently, but yeah. No, I didn't think it was cheating. I wouldn't have think no. I wouldn't have thought it was cheating. I didn't think it was cheating. I I still like was gutted for her after it happened. And then she just knocks a bitch out and she's like just gutted. And he just sees it in her eyes that she's just completely gutted. And then he's like realizes shit, like what have I done? Well, it's at that point, yeah. It's at that point that I think they both realize they're like, okay, well, this is a bit more than a marriage of convenience, clearly. Also, Raphael was a part of the whole, like, it's all three brothers there. Like, Gabe's like, look, I can't be without her. I'm going to have to dance with her on this night. Raphael's like, yeah, well, you know what? Um, I'm going to ruin this whole illusion because I'm pissed off as well, but I'm not going to show it. So I'm just going to send her out there to witness this little soiree occurring in the back room. But he's uh, waiting for her out in the rain. Like I, I can know. picture that scene so much, you know, like outside the Met, the rain is falling down. She's running down the steps and there's like tons of steps leading up to the Met and he's waiting down there. You know, he like, cause he wanted her to fall right into his arms. And I'm like, I oh, I love this. I and he and she even so finds out that up. he planned it all. And she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And then Lucian's staying there just watching her drive away. And we can't forget the part with Carlo before that, where he was all like trying to creepy. get grabby, grabby, and creepy. Yeah. But yeah. Raphael does play that part the whole way through in terms of the fact that he's always there watching, doing little things, but com- acting like he's completely unaffected by her and like none of it had been real. And it's all just like a little game that he's playing hmm. with Lucian. Like he just can't even admit it to himself. And, of course, that's the same night that she comes back and um, cuts herself quite badly and Gabe comes in and finds her in the shower with the burning hot water on. And Gabe. Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) But what was really important to me with the whole cutting thing, and I've actually had a lot of messages from people who are reaching out. They're like, I, you know, for her, it, it wasn't so much as being like suicidal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was the release, right? Like yeah. she had needed the pain so much get... like dark emotion that she needed something to balance her. Yeah. Um, and that was like my main goal. And I, you know, was glad that that came across to readers and, you know, I got really got so many messages. It was like, thank you for showing that it's not just be- because for this reason, like yeah. that a lot of times it is 
you know, to release this and to balance yourself. And that was my goal with mm-hmm. that part of Dahlia's character. Yeah. And Raphael understands it as well. Like he, that moment with her in front of the mirror, he understood what she needed. Like he didn't kind of walk in and go, oh my God, what are you doing? He was just very much like, okay, I get it. Let's, you know, I just want to be part of it, really. He just want to be yeah. part of the really, and I mean, he was. You did work really well, you know. He got, <laughs> he gave her a release in a number of ways, uh, and then he was like, "Don't take this off. Like, wear it under your dress. Like, I'm going to be just like creaming my pants while you're getting married, just knowing that it's under there." Um, and then she shows up at the church, and um, you know, her ex boyfriend creepily shows up there trying to save the day. Bad move for him, though. Bad move for him. Like, it's true. I mean, you don't really want to get get involved in mafia business, do you? I was kind of <laughs> glad we got rid of him. Oh, I mean, he needed to get. I mean, I it mean, was perfect person to get rid of because yeah. he was just a bit annoying. And then Lucian's just like, you know what? No. Um, this is the point where he goes off. A bit crazy. A bit crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. Uh, I mean, off he the rails, the guy, but that's fine. <laughs> But then he drags her down the aisle. Covered in blood. <laughs> covered in blood. <laughs> holds the priest at gunpoint. You will marry us. And then forces the entire church to watch this whole scene unfold. And then he's like, okay, good. I feel better now. It's much better. Like, no, Amelia has another dress. We still have the reception. So. Yeah. So we can go and yeah. move on to that. Yeah. Let's move through. I mean, people will deal with any photographs that's fine yeah no need to worry um so yeah I mean that was an iconic scene I did love that I did I did love that but the night the wedding night you know it's all coming to a head and they were they were very into it and then unfortunately Lucian's demons from his past caught up to him and he was just so broken I just felt really sorry for it for him but then I did also feel sorry for Dahlia because her arms must have been really hurting by the next morning like really yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and even when he like yeah he has his nightmare and she witnesses it and he wait he's still there he still leaves her (laughs) He still leaves it and he's just, he's just so broken. He can't even like comprehend anything that's really going on yeah. around. He's just like, no, I need to get out of this situation. Like I can't be with this person. I'm too broken for them. I don't want to break mm. her. And so of course, you know, good old Gabe. Gabe's there. Gabe's there. He comes in and unties it. And, um, you know, he's also line. like, oh, yay. He, you know, he wasn't here all night. They haven't had sex. It's amazing. So a little bit excited about, about that having not occurred. That's one of my favorite lines, though, when he's in the doorway and he's about to tell her that he loves her. And she says, tell me when it will save me. Yeah, I know. That. I, know. I highlighted that, too. Oh, I, <laughs> I know. All these things. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad we have the same mind. Have the same, I'm just because like, if oh. I was highlighting, I would have highlighted that. Yes, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. It's so tragic. <laughs> so tragic. So tragic. Um, so we start finding out more about everything that's going on. Like, more shipments are getting destroyed. Carlo is just up in Lucian's business, like, you know, there's no tomorrow, and he's just so stressed out. Um, so all three of them are working on that. 
And uh, in addition, they keep getting these creepy ass deliveries with all these fairy tale references. Mm. Um, and she's still continuing to get um, these messages from her uncle who seems to just get in touch with her no matter what phone number she has. So it's all happening at once. Um, and she has this nightmare. And this was one of my favourite scenes with her and Lucian. When she has the nightmare and he comes in and she just like, I don't know why I'm telling him this, but I just felt like it was time. And she tells him all of the story of her and her uncle. And he's like, okay, she's not as like, she's got darkness in her like me, I think as well. He realises like she's not this perfect person that I've put up on this pedestal. She's got these dark, this dark past as well. Um, and kind of changes a little bit because he says at one stage, you can't have me, so you may as well have my brothers. Mm. And that kind of changes their dynamic that night a little bit because he starts to realise maybe there's a chance here for us. there's a chance. <laughs> there could be a chance. There could be a chance. We may be able to be together. I might not be too dark for you, just saying. Because um, you know what I He also, doesn't tell her. He doesn't admit what happened no, to him. He That's doesn't. like an important part because it shows you know she feels like he's the only person who could understand that because she knows obviously that something happened to him exactly. like that but he's still so ashamed of what happened to him that he can't say that so hmm. yeah yes so we start seeing little things happening when you know stuff goes down in terms of Raphael not being in certain places that we have the the charity that they go to and um there's the shoot out there and then Raphael's just being super cagey about the fact that he was like outside talking to a councilman who was just waiting when Dahlia came out to like save her um and the the building burns down like the head office burns down and then he shows up after the fact to help out again um mm. huge crescendo though when Carlo comes into her room and Ugh. attacks her oh, and then Lucian just storms in and he's like nah you're done just kills him no no hesitation and she's like oh my god he killed his own dad for me he mm. actually saved me from the monsters he does care he has care. Oh, <laughs> it takes murder to prove it. I know. Sorry. I know. Killing Leo wasn't enough. <laughs> no, but this was a turning point with Raphael because he was just absolutely gutted. And at first, Lucian thinks he's, uh, well, um, Dahlia thinks he's upset because their dad has been killed. But he says, that was my kill. Like, I had a plan. Yeah. And he's just so angry with Lucian. Like, he just kind of shuts off from everything. He turns up at the funeral like completely drunk out of his mind um, and he just basically goes kind of rogue, like nobody can find him, nothing's happening um, until, you know, Dahlia gets kidnapped and they're just like, 
let's get in the plane and follow the car. I just love this scene. Just imagine like flying over. They're like not in a car chase. They're flying along behind in this helicopter. Like, yes, we can see them. And the car's really getting nowhere because the helicopters is hovering above it. And then- hey, when you have money, you know, and there's nothing off limits. James Bond, there's nothing off limits. I know. I love it. I love it. And um, it's okay, though, because, I mean, she was already kind of being her own hero when they showed up. She only really needed some additional help because of all the men that came out of the warehouse. But, I mean, she had the situation with the van under control. Mm, yeah. um, and then Raphael's like, hey, babe, came to save the day. Just uh, scoot back a bit, about to blow some shit up. And, uh, <laughs> you know. I like when he pops back down, he's like, oh. You yeah know. he's like uh, <laughs> be right yourself. with you and he's like oh by the way it's gonna blow something up move back a bit um <laughs> oh, i just love him so much like he's so cheeky oh he's I, so yeah. cheeky but i i i know sometimes like with reverse homes there's always like a clear a clear front runner but i freaking loved all of them no i had no front runner i no. know i had none like gabe just is that extra special little i don't know Sugar plum. I just love him. <laughs> but but yeah. I don't know. Raphael's just oh god. He's yeah. so dark. Mm. He's so dark. Mm. Obviously, she starts like hooking up with Gabriel. Like mm-hmm. they they start getting it on, which is so hot. And it's actually also like overdue. <laughs> I know. I was like, Poor it was so hot. I know. I know. And how about like when, because she starts working at the shelter, which Lucian also set up um, Mm -hmm. for her. And then they go out on the night out to the club. Mm. She's grinding all over Gabe. And then he gets called away. And then Raphael's there. And then they're grinding. They go home. They start getting on. And then Lucian's like, just sitting in the dark in the corner, like, (laughs) hey guys, I'm actually, hello. I'm actually here. Hey, um, and they're it's both like a reverse harem situation, <laughs> brothers. I know, and they're like, um, this is awkward, but also we're both really horny, so like, what's gonna happen? And then he's like, keep going, um, and he just fully gets in on it, and I'm like, I'm gonna tell you what to do. Oh my god, and he's directing it, and Raphael's like, eh, I'm here for it. Um, you, you all, I feel you need one though, like in group yeah, activities. You do, you need a director, it's good. It helps, yeah. it, it helps with the flow. It does, it does. Mm. And it, I think it you know ensures that everyone um has equal opportunity. Correct, correct. And it's the only way, like, you know, it's this huge power struggle the whole time with Raphael and Lucien. Mm. And so this is like showing that. Dahlia can change that dynamic right yes like the fact that those two would share is like Mm -hmm. you know unexpected for their dynamic I feel like because they're all they're all pretty alpha as well Mm -hmm. like they're all pretty alpha yeah um Abe is a massive alpha but the only difference is that he's so addicted to love that he's like I'll take it in any way like honestly yeah. if I can get some of it I don't care if I have to share I just <laughs> yeah. I need the love even at the start when he was talking about like when he was trying to win her over in those two weeks and he's like I mean even if she marries my brother will have the same name <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But I feel like I've been told I write reverse harem 
like a little bit different, right? Like for me, when I came into reverse harem, the whole, like really the, you know, the whole why choose thing was a big one, right? You read Mm -hmm. so many love triangles where they don't want to share. And then you end up losing your favorite guy. Um, and you know, I feel like reverse harem at first did start like, okay, they both don't want to share still, but they love the girl so much that they will do it for her. Right. And I think it's kind of evolved where you see a lot more books where they're like good from the start for sharing. But for me, like reverse harem will probably always be like these individual relationships that are like forced together because they love this girl so much. Right. Like she is like the axis that they, they spin around And they might not even like the other guy, but it's like, well, I can't let her go. And the only way to make her happy is to bring, is to allow this other guy to be there as well. Yes. Oh, God. You are. Do you need a minute? I do. I'm just like, (laughs) um, you know, just thinking about being in a Rossi brother sandwich. My bad. (laughs) Um, <laughs> it would be a really good sandwich. I'd, yeah, it, it would. Mm-hmm. So, uh, coming towards the end, we um, have her going to see Lucian at his office, and oh. it's kind of like a crescendo again because, like the last time she did that, she was taken, and mm-hmm. also there's nobody in the office. Ricardo's like, oh, I, I love Ricardo, go. by the way. Yeah, he's like, I've got to go. Some good side characters. Yes, absolutely. I wanted Amelia, I wanted Ricardo. Like, I wanted them to be like these steady side characters. So, yeah. And when he says he's got to go, I'm like, oh, no, not again. There's nobody here. But he's like, I'll watch you get to the door. I'm like, okay, it's all good. I know. And then she gets to the door, and, you know, Raphael and Lucian are fighting it out, and she hears them arguing, and basically, Raphael admits that he has been behind all of these attacks that he's been trying to take down the business because of his hatred for Carlo and that the final piece of the business is Lucian. So Mm -hmm. she obviously comes in. She's like, no, you can't do this. He goes to shoot Lucian. She jumps in front of the bullet and gets hit like right in the chest. And um, and she says, was was any of it real? He's like every bit of it. I'm like, Molly was crying and sobbing over her dying body. I know. And she almost did die. She really did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she does pull through, but not without significant uh, drama. And, you know, Gabe and Lucian are there and she gets this note, which is essentially like Raphael saying goodbye. Uh, and so they're like, we must, we must find, him. find him. I don't know. <laughs> She's getting carried out. She's still got her IV pole. She's getting carried out <laughs> by Gabe. She's in the car. I'm going to go back to the house where Carlo lived. That's where they think it's going to be. And then we have this rooftop scene, which is just absolutely gutting. And basically like Raphael is gutted, like explaining why he hated Lucian so much because he, you know, Carlo had killed his mom, had tortured him like all his life. And all he wanted was, a big brother that stood up for him. And then Lucian was like, well, this is my backstory. I've just been trying to live since that moment. And they're all like, holy shit. And then they all come together for a <laughs> And they all talk. hugging and crying. And then they go downstairs and oh, Ricardo's crying and hugging. That gutted me when, when they walked out and Ricardo was like, he was still alive. And then he just like broke down in tears and I was like, oh, Ricardo. Oh, 
<laughs> he loved them so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, they decided, you know, we've got to, this is just us now. We're all together. Like we're all got broken parts and then we can fit them together. Um, but not before dirty, skeevy uncle hunts her down at the vet at the um, animal shelter and, um, you know, tries to attack her. And she's just like, no, I'm not a princess. I am a queen. Yes. Just kills him. I'm like, good job. Good job. I'm a save myself. (laughs) A lot of people have criticized because I know that, you know, is the uncle is this lurking bad guy throughout the whole thing. And then at the end, it's like, it's not the biggest part, but for me, it's because like Dahlia's story was not the uncle, right? Yeah. It was about the growth and the survival and everything else. Like I didn't want him to be like this, like huge piece because by then she's already like solved so many demons inside of her that like at the end, it's like, he's, he's not the main part of the story, you know, like she overcoming the result of things is the main part Mm -hmm. and so I know that people in reviews have like talked like I wish that it was more on that part but it's like he just he I didn't want him to be the focus right like he wasn't the big bad their like inner psyches were the big bad of the story yeah I thought it was a huge moment to be honest like it was a pretty pivotal moment in the whole book because he was there all along as her mm-hmm. as the demon inside of her you know affecting every relationship she had the way she saw herself and you know um all the pain that she had inside of her and every time anything like that type of situation had occurred she had frozen and then you know that was a pivotal moment for her because she was able to take back that control and go this one time when it means the most I didn't freeze. I took back control and yeah. I, I beat the monster. So I thought it was a pretty big part of the book. Yeah. And, and I think was. that they were all, they were all dealing with the same thing as well. Like they all had that inner mon- monster. And in- that they had to overcome. And so Raphael's yeah. was, was forgiving Lucian really. And, and, you know, accepting a relationship with him. And Lucian was, you know, similar to Dahlia in terms of forgiving like, themselves they had so much hatred for themselves Mm -hmm. and forgiving themselves and understanding that it had it wasn't their fault you know that they could move forward and and that they could take back control Mm. and and Gabe's was like I can love somebody Mm -hmm. and it can be real yeah exactly I think even a big thing for them even though they were brothers and they had grown up together and they they essentially had a level of trust because they were you know working together they still had secrets that none of them knew about each other that were huge so they mm-hmm. like I felt like they just didn't feel like they you know that had no real connection yeah. yeah so I don't know that's well that's what I got out yeah he brought them all together and brought that connection yeah. out and yeah it was awesome we loved it <laughs> absolutely loved it <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our fun questions mm-hmm Okay. Do you have a favorite writing beverage or snack? Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. I am obsessed with it. I just love it so much. (laughs) 
love it. Like I have to wean myself off of it periodically throughout the year because it will be like, just give me an IV. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm like that with Pepsi Max. Yeah, I'm like that with Pepsi. It's sometimes, but some, like I haven't had it for a long time, but when I do, sometimes I just crave it with everything. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, I can't have this unless I have a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were a chair, what type of chair would you be and which celebrity would you like to sit in you? Well, Taylor Swift obviously would be sitting (laughs) in my chair and it would be like one of those really ornate um, armchairs with like gold filigree, like a throne for her. Like maybe that scene from Look What You Made Me Do where she's sitting in the chair, there's snakes everywhere. That's the chair. And she's sitting in it. That that's I'm the chair. Like <laughs> she can just Still worship me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the throne for Miss Swift. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Do you have any? Um well. Reading is my pleasure. I don't know if it was like, I mean, my husband would be like, oh, what are you reading? You know? Uh, So maybe that's guilty. Um, Probably blaring like really loud rap music in the car after I drop my kids off to carpool in school. That's totally me. (laughs) And I just, (laughs) to the point where... Amanda's just got hold of my Spotify playlist, which was a huge thing to, for me to share, even though we've been friends for almost 30 years. I just didn't know if I could share that with her. That was my inner, our relationship. That was my inner guilty pleasure. Anyway, um, we were driving to a work. I'm sorry. I need to explain this scene because <laughs> anybody, like you've seen Beck, she is like a classic white girl. Like that is her. <laughs> We're driving along, <laughs> driving along the highway. I've got her Spotify playlist on. Next minute, she's like, bitch, look what you made me do. Like starts full on rapping. You're like, going fuck with me. You're going to fuck with me. And she's like, but she gets like real into it. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> no, it was like that the other day. So I just got a new car. And you know that song that's like, I've done TikTok videos to it. I don't know if you guys follow me on TikTok, but it's like, F you and your dog. Yes, yes, yes. Like that one, right? So I have it and I forgot to turn like the volume down. So we all get in the car. My kids are in the back. My husband starts the car and then it's like, fuck you. And I'm like, (laughs) he like looks at me and I'm like, you knew who I was when you married me. You knew who I was when you married me. You knew who I was. See if you want to make that better at Beck's um kids um one-year-old birthday, they turned <laughs> on their playlist to play happy that. birthday with the entire of their both their families there. And it starts My blaring out rap music with a lot of explicit in it. I think it was I think it was like DMX. Mm. <laughs> like where the wood at or something. Yeah, it was. I'm like, oh my god! They livened up the party. I mean, it actually did. I was in hysterics. If they don't admit it, they listen to it. Beck's nan was definitely <laughs> taken aback because she definitely thinks that Beck is a very innocent little girl. I'm the eldest Still. grandchild. The, she can do know, no wrong. I can do no wrong. 
and then she's blaring explicit rap music at a one-year-old's birthday party. I'm pretty sure she thinks this podcast is on like historical literature or something like that. It's okay. My grandma read like some of my early books and like I started off pretty slow in terms of like smut and then it's like you know developed (laughs) she was like I really wish that she would write like a historical novel (laughs) (laughs) and she likes at first she would like tell all her friends that I was an author and now she like doesn't tell her friends that's no. <laughs> why I have that note in Dahlia I'm like just in case she like this would I did say this that would send her over the edge you know <laughs> yeah I was gonna say so hopefully she hasn't read this one but yeah. you also did include a recipe as well I did so I try to be helpful with that I that was very my, wholesome my make me lie uh series with Mae Dawson I have a drink recipe at the end you can combine them perfect exactly I love that I did get quite excited about it I was like I'm making it I'm 100% gonna make it supposedly it's like amazing a lot of people have made it and they send me pictures and I'm like okay I need to make it because it looks looks great Gabriel's a great cook Um, (laughs) what is something that not many people know about you um probably that I'm partner in a law firm for my day job <laughs> that's so probably you have no idea how many people we speak to that have some sort of connection to the legal world <laughs> it drives us into the field including um, ourselves as well <laughs> we both we both have law degrees Oh God. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> Once you're this, you know, a very big dynamic there, like that part of the day needs to be counteracted by some good mm-hmm. smart at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just like create, I mean, you have to be creative in a different way, mm. but it's like I spend my day just like yelling at people and you know, it's just like so like rah. And so it's nice to like escape into my little world with my online friends who are like so awesome and just do my thing. You know, I I can't like no one we work with knows that we do this as well. So it's just hilarious. Like I love it. It's like it's our guilty pleasure. So most of my work I think has has found out that I don't think they know what type of books I write or anything because I always describe it as like oh it's like adult kind of twilight a little bit um but anyway I'm gonna get the shock of their life if they read Ruining (laughs) Dahlia let's just say that yeah I was talking to the head of like our firm right and he was like well we know you're a good marketer like he clearly knows you know it just was funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seeing your tiktoks yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like for a while I when I first started I kept everything a secret right like, I didn't tell anyone in my family like my husband was the only one who knew and then after it really exploded and like my first series went this was kind of before tiktok so it went like viral and it was like this thing and I was like established I was like oh 
people can know now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's what we said. Um, like, we don't really want anybody to know until we at least have 10,000 followers on TikTok. Um, <laughs> even though that's not a lot on TikTok, I feel like it just looks like a better number. Um, so, yeah. you know. We do have one. I'm close my door camera. because my kids just got home and I don't want them to run in because I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh. <laughs> yeah, mine are out there and I'm like, shh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do have one girl at work that knows. And the only reason she knows is because um, I overheard her talking about how she loves romance novels, like, and she reads them on her houseboat. And I was like, and she's a young girl and she's beautiful and I love her. And she's like, okay, what do you read? She goes, oh my gosh, I just love it, Nicholas Sparks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's a recommendation. And I told Amanda, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> She corrupted her. She likes Nicholas Nicholas Sparks novels. And Beck. We all have to start somewhere. She gave her a dark reverse harem. I gave her a dark reverse harem to read. (laughs) So you like escalated it. Extremely. Anyway, she's obsessed now. So you're welcome. Yeah, she is. She Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) And she's hilarious because she's like, what other recommendations do you have? have So so many. So many. (laughs) <laughs> okay i can't believe i'm having to ask this i feel so bad um fuck mary kill lucian gabrielle and Raphael. um mary gabe yes obviously, obviously. <laughs> i cannot ki- i cannot kill my characters <laughs> i can't do it well technically dahlia died and then she came back so it could just be that type of situation okay um I feel like just to like give a little payback to Raph, yes, he can go. And then Lucian, there's just he's just in the bedroom, like oh god, you know. Also, I do love that they worked up to hear her being able to touch him as well. That was a huge part. I loved that. That was important for me. Very important. Yes. I loved that because, and I loved it because it didn't just happen. Like they had built up to it and they had started like, you know, her not being tied up and then, you know, little bits and pieces until she got to actually have a little bit of control. And like, it was just such a pivotal moment for him as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, obviously we're obsessed. So <laughs> we could go on for days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We thoroughly enjoyed reading your book. Now, obviously, for anybody listening, we have put all of the links um, in the episode description, as always. Um, so you can jump over and follow CR on all of the all of the socials. And if you haven't already read this, jump on and get your copy. Um, but we hope to chat with you again soon and just keep an eye out on what you're working on. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. You ladies are awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We loved having you on. I just love a strong woman. I love that she's a partner in a law firm and she's also an author. It's freaking fantastic. Like, isn't it amazing? And also, yeah, like, I must say, she did remind me of Chloe Kardashian. (laughs) Let's, what's it time for? It's holiday. Holiday. Okay, so a couple of accounts we're going to call out this week. So, 
um, NY Book Lover. Now, I apologize. We don't know your name. Can you hit us up in our DMs and let you know? Let us know what your name is. Um, we wanted to say thank you because you always show us the love. You've got an awesome bookish account. Um, go over and follow. Um, but yeah, we'd love to know what your actual name is so we can refer to you as um, something other than your Instagram handle. Um, our fiction addictions are two besties that have their account mm-hmm. just, just like us. Um, always very supportive in the book community and have lots of awesome content and Amanda Grace reads. So thanks for all the love. Thanks for the love. Go and follow them. Um, okay. Yes. Are we ready for some, what the actual smart? Yes, please. Okay. I told my boyfriend that I don't want to have sex until marriage. Last night he got hard while making out. Should I be worried? I'm a 20-year-old female and never been this close to anyone before. First time making out. My boyfriend is 28 and he respects my boundaries and we've been going out for a while and just recently made it official. But while making out, things got a little heated and I could feel him poking at my thigh while straddling him. Is this normal? I know he's taking things slow with me and will only take things further if I want him to, but I want to know if men expect more when they get turned on by their girl. He's not taking advantage of me. He saw something he liked and shot his shot. At first he thought I was older, but my age was only a slight shock and he always liked me for me, but he wants to treat me right and he has. I'm not worried. Just want to make sure I'm not leading him on. Um, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried. Look, I understand. Obviously she's inexperienced. She said that. So it probably is something that would cross your mind if you don't have that type of experience, but to put your mind at ease, um, I think that's a very normal reaction. Um, men like it's arousal. I it's mean, not necessarily, the um, wind blows a certain way. Correct. They get a hard on. So correct. I think but it's not necessarily that. indicative of somebody like going to break your boundaries or anything like that it's just the way that they that their arousal manifests and you've already you've said yourself at the start he's respecting your boundaries he's taking it slow he hasn't said any like you've set out what your expectations are and he seems to be happy with them so yeah and yeah look i mean He's, he's going to be getting hard-ons. Uh, if you're straddling him and you're making out <laughs> in that type of way, I'm thinking, yes, that's and that's a pretty normal reaction. Yeah. 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 You're, you're definitely getting him excited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as long, I think as long as he's respecting the boundaries, then... And you have said you that, so... You don't have anything to worry about. And also gives a shit if people think of like an age gap we all know what i think i mean we're there for age gaps so age is just a number at the end of the day yeah exactly um okay so what have we got lined up for next week so next week we're going to be talking to greer rivers Mm -hmm. uh which we're very excited about about the conviction series um if you do have any questions for greer let us know Um, and we will be doing a giveaway for the first book yep in the series Yep, so we'll be putting that up on Instagram if you want to go check it out. Um, As always, we would love for you to touch base with us on any of our social media platforms. We're on TikTok, Insta, Facebook. Um, If you want to go and follow Romance Cartel, that's a separate Instagram profile as well. That'll keep you updated on all the book boxes that we've got. And always happy to have people reach out and have a chat. Um, We love that. And if you do want to rate and review, that is 
very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Have a great week. Bye.